Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. We are starting a brand new series called Shake It Off. Say shake it off. This was not inspired by Taylor Swift. If you're a big Taylor Swift fan, which Meg is, Meg and Quinn, they get down to this song, Shake It Off. I, I think I've heard it once. It's a cool song. But it wasn't inspired by that. But um, it was inspired while we were in Portland um, weeks ago for the very first time. I've never been to Portland. Uh, we were actually going down there for some ministry. We were heading down south of Portland, but we flew into Portland. And um, I noticed a, immediately a pandemic. Um, and it was a pandemic of homelessness. It was, it was really sad. I've, I've never seen anything like it anywhere in my life. And I've been to California, New York, and I'd never seen anything like this before. Um, it was truly heartbreaking. So many people living on the streets um, living in despair, uh, you know, you want to help, but it's so overwhelming. You, you don't know where to start, and you know that giving some temporary financial relief isn't really going to fix the problem. Buying lunch won't cure it because it goes much deeper. It's in the soul of the person, in the soul of the person, and um, it's written on their faces. You can see it. I thought to myself, where did this all begin? What happened? Was it a traumatic experience? Is it a generational curse? Was it the environment they grew up in? Maybe all of that. But it started somewhere and then it grew. And I believe they were all once bitten by the hardship of life and that the venom now flows in their veins. But thankfully, my thoughts quickly changed for a moment into something more encouraging. And this is really what I want to head today. I pictured Jesus, literally I pictured Jesus going to each individual and simply touching them, setting them free immediately because I knew that's what he wanted to do because that's what he always does and that's what he always desires, to seek and to save, to deliver and to restore, to literally destroy the works of the evil one. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But really, we are all the same, sitting here, listening online. You may not be homeless, but you may be hopeless. You may not be addicted, but you may be afflicted with trauma from the past. You may be struggling with fear of the future. You may be living with worry in the present. You may be under attack right now from a spiritual enemy. Well, today, I'm praying that we would partner with the very power of God to shake it off. Say, shake it off. Let me show you the principle in one of Paul's miracle stories. Here's a storyline. Paul, who wrote two-thirds of all the books of the New Testament, pretty important dude. Um, so he, he's on his way to stand trial before Caesar to defend himself against all the accusations from the religious leaders of his day. They wanted Paul put into prison and even killed for simply telling people about Jesus. That's it. So he's put on a ship with some hardened criminals. They set sail, but they find themselves in major trouble. A literal storm is brewing. So God speaks to Paul to warn the crew of great danger up ahead. He advises them to stay in a safe harbor until the storm passed, but they didn't listen. Here's a little snippet of that in Acts 27.10. It says, uh, men, he said, I believe there's trouble ahead if we go on, Paul was saying, shipwreck, 
loss of cargo, and danger to, to our lives as well. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. Fortunately, God still worked it out. That's comforting. But a little side note here for all of us. Listen to God. Listen to people who follow God. Listen to wise people. Listen to people who've been through it, who have experience. Read your Bible. Go to church and pray. I believe those things, those simple things I just talked about, will keep us from unnecessary harm. Now, you, now I, I can speak from experiences. I've been through enough of my unnecessary harm. I don't know if you have, but I have. I can look back at my life thinking, man, I know someone told me not to do that. Someone told me to go this way, but I didn't listen. Unnecessary. You know, I, I would tell my kids, I'd say, hey, um, you know, mom and dad, we've been around the block. You know, we got, we got 50 years of experience. I like to say 40, but then Nancy's here. She's going to laugh if I say 40 years of experience. I got 50-something years of experience. I said, that, that's, that's, that's a lot. I said, we're going to say some things that will help you in this moment. It's up to you to listen or not. If not, you might have to make the same mistakes we made when you could make your own mistakes, right? New mistakes. So they didn't listen. And what happened was true. They almost died. They, 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 they experienced shipwreck and lost all the cargo. But, but listen, God was still at work again. Look what happens next. Now here's the story we want to we talk about. And really this is going to set up the whole message series Acts 21, 1 through 10. Here we go. So finally, they're, remember, they're, they're on a ship. It's been tossed to and fro. And, and I don't know if you've ever been on a ship before or, or, a, or a boat and got seasick. Anybody here got seasick? I, I did. And, and it, it's horrible because you can't go anywhere, right? You can't. But the once, once you hit dry land and you step off that boat, yeah, you're a little wobbly. You just want to kiss the ground. It's so good to be on solid, firm foundation. So here's Paul. They finally get on solid ground. Once we were safe on shore, Luke says, this is, he's, 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 it's, he's writing this, but we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake driven out by the heat, bit him on the hand. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, a murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. The people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But, but when Paul, but, but when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided he was a god. Near the shore where he landed was an estate belonging to Publius, the, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. As it happened, Publius' father was ill with fever and dysentery. Paul went in. Remember, this is the guy that just had a snake who was, was supposed to die. Paul went in, prayed for him, laying his hands on him, and healed him. And all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. Did you hear that? As a result, we were showed, showered with honors. And when the time came to sail, 
people supplied us with everything we would need for the trip. Shake it off. Say shake it off. Oh, that's so important to understand what's being said here today. I think we all have those, those moments, right? Times when the snake, the trials, the hardships of life bite us, try to grab a hold, shake it off. Truth is, there are so many things, situations that happen in life. Listen, pandemics, we lose loved ones. Our physical health is attacked. Our mental health is overwhelmed at times. We may find ourselves in financial trouble, in family trouble. Life can get shipwrecked. And it's in those times that the enemy attacks, bites, and even tries to latch on. And it's in those times that we need the power of God to shake it off. Because if you really think about it, there are many, many people today, you know them, I know them, I've been there myself, that we're just walking around with snakes hanging from them, right? The, the, the snakes that keep them down, the snakes that hurt them, they're not snakes, but they got struggles in their life, right? And it's up to us, God's people, to not only be free, but to identify who they are and say, oh, let me help you. Let me help you shake that off. But I love this moment because there's something supernatural about it. In the natural, it didn't make sense. The snake bite should have taken Paul down for good, but it didn't. See, there's one thing a Christian has that no other person on the face of the earth possesses. It's the devil-destroying, burden-removing, chain-breaking power of God living in them. Amen. Let me declare that one more time, see if I can get you to... Say hallelujah or wave a hanky or something. Listen, you have in you, if you have Christ in you, if you've given your heart to Jesus, you have the devil-destroying, chain-breaking, burden-removing power of God living in you. The Bible calls it anointing. You ever heard that, anointing? It's not a word we use a lot, but... Isaiah did, talked about in 1020, look at this, 1027. It should come to pass in that day that the burden, the snake, the heavy, the, the, the oppression, whatever it is, the burden, the thing that's, that's weighing the person, the, the, the thing that's, that's holding the person back in their soul, listen, will be taken away from their shoulder off of them and his yoke from his neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. The anointing. That's not a scary word. We should embrace that. Paul had this anointing to simply shake off the snake. You have this anointing. I believe this anointing is in this place. And I believe it's in you. It's really another word for supernatural power of God. God is right here in our midst to deliver anyone who's being bullied by the devil. That's why church is important, my friends. You know why? Because there's no other place, please hear this, no other place that I know of where you'll find the weapons to destroy the works of the enemy. We have the speaking of the word. By the way, it still delivers and heals. Jesus spoke a word and healed them. We have, uh, we have worship the worship of, uh, we, we come in here, we worship God. The Bible says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We have prayer, and we have prayer in the spirit, which is a formidable weapon 
And we have people willing to unleash the many gifts that God has given them through the Holy Spirit. There is no other place on the face of the earth like a Spirit-filled church. No other place like it. I believe there's an anointing in this place. So if you really pray for anything while we're going through this, pray for that supernatural power of God anointing. Like if someone comes in extremely heavy, burdened, struggling in their life, and they come in, be able to finally engage in worship, maybe hear something halfway decent in the word, I don't know, maybe get some prayer, that they leave this place different and free. And they don't have to say it was because of this or that. They could, they could finally say, that was the presence of God. There was, there was an anointing. Have you ever experienced that? I've experienced that. We're like, man, I came in heavy, and all of a sudden, maybe someone prayed for me, like, I feel good. What's going on here? Wait a minute, was it the, was it the, the coffee? Was it the, the, the pizza? No, no, it was just a supernatural moment, my friends. I believe, I believe with all of my heart we are heading into more supernatural moments than we've ever seen before. You'll see. You'll see. I, I think they're going to ramp up because I believe with all my heart that the supernatural miracles, moments that God brings, we sang the song about, you know, cancer being, being healed and bodies being healed and, you know, um, those types of things that we've experienced as a body, I really think they're going to ramp up because I believe that all miracles express the very love of God. They express God's, God's love. If there's anything the world needs right now, they need a really massive dose of God's love in whatever way he chooses, but miracles are one powerful way that God expresses his love. So in this place, I'm praying for a shake it off anointing. Say shake it off. So, you know, you can, you can invite people that, you know, are struggling. Hey, come to church. Like, I was, buy him some breakfast, right? Look, that'll get him here. Buy him breakfast. Then kind of usher him in a little bit. And the next thing you know, God can work. Well, God can work out there too in this place. You have the same ability in you called the shake it off anointing to deliver people and be delivered from any demonic attack People are harassed to shake it off. Paul amazes me. Here's why. Because knowing me, I'm maturing. I'm getting wiser and I'm maturing and less immature than I was. I'm still immature in areas, don't get me wrong. But I'm maturing, getting a little wiser. But Paul amazes me because here he is. He just gets shipwrecked. He hadn't eaten in days. He's been suffering for those knuckleheads who wouldn't listen. And this happens. He gets bit by a snake. A series of unfortunate events that could have made Paul mad, but he didn't get bitter. He did not let the enemy discourage or hurt him. And I believe there are a few reasons why. And this is what I want to show you. The, the found, a couple of foundational things to start this whole message series off that are critical for us to walk through life and not let the enemy attach himself to us to have that shake it off anointing. You guys ready? These are the things that every Christian needs in, the, in a lifetime. This is what Paul had. Whenever the, whenever the enemy shows up to shake it off, Paul believed first in the mission of God. Now, I can't tell you how important this moment is. 
The mission, say mission of God. God has a mission. What is it? What's the mission? The gospel, right? The mission is preaching the gospel, telling people about the good news. That's the mission, correct? But there are thousands of people sitting in churches and pews today that don't know why they do. They, 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 they don't know why. And, and that's got to change. It's got to change to know that, no, no, we're on a mission. We have a mission. Jesus has called us to stay on mission. Say, stay on mission. We would say, love God, love people. Say, love God, love people. Right? We would say, tell people about the good news. Lead them to Jesus and see them grow stronger spiritually. Don't forget the mission. Jesus gave us the mission here in Mark 16, 15. Here it is. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to some people. Everyone. Everyone. It's pretty simple. Just be willing to tell, just be willing. Come on to tell people about Jesus. Tell them how much God loves them and values them. I guarantee people live their whole life and never hear that right there. They never hear, hey, God loves you and he values you. You mean a lot to him. That's gonna shock them because you're not gonna get that on CNN. You're not gonna get that on Fox Maybe periodically. You're not going to get that in the world. Everybody's not, we're not, we're not mission-minded in that way to say, no, you are, we got written on our doors. You're valued. You are valued. You are loved by God. You have purpose, right? We need people to know that. You with me? Because one person on mission is good, but man, a whole church on mission? Woo! Watch out. Watch out. It's pretty simple. Jesus changed my life. I can't deny it, and you can't debate it. Now, you could debate Scripture with me, and you might win. You might know more verses than me. Great. But what you can't take from me is my, Jesus changed my life. Literally changed my life. Ask my family. <laughs> Look at the pictures. I have hope and joy and peace. He, he changed me. So I know Jesus is real. I know the gospel is true. Because when the Christian, listen, loses the mission, the Christian loses the passion. I've been there. Have you lost your passion? Usually because it's we, lose, we lose the mission. We forgot the mission. It's simple. It's an easy tweak. Oh, I become so self-absorbed. I, I, I thought the mission was about me, myself, and I. I thought, I thought no, 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 no. <clears throat> I thought the church was the mission. Church is not the mission. Church is a vehicle to give the mission. I thought my marriage was a mission. No, your marriage is not number one. Your marriage is a vehicle to display the goodness of God. Come on. Oh, I thought my business was the mission. No, no, your business is not the mission. It is a vehicle to give the good news. I thought, come on, we can go down, right? We easily get distracted by thinking the thing that we own is the mission. No, no, no. The, the mission is simple. Whatever you do in life, stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad, own a business at work. The mission is, how can I, I'm just be willing to share Jesus, the good news, help someone in the name of God. That's it. But I get it. I've lost the mission before. 
where all of a sudden things become, ah, oh, this, this, this is getting a little, you know, it's like work. It's just a duty. I think we all understand we, that the snake has reared his head right in our lives. I'm not the only one here, right? You gotta recognize and shake it off because you, you, you may start thinking that your prayers aren't making a difference. You may start thinking that your helping other people doesn't matter. You may start thinking that your love for others isn't working. Don't believe that lie. You are impacting your sphere of influence more than you know. The Bible says you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. Listen, when you show up, God shows up. Did you know that when you show up wherever you are, God shows up? I don't know. I always thought, God, did you like split yourself up into millions of pieces and put a little piece of you in us? No. All of him lives in you. The whole God. All, that's, why, that's why the Bible says magnify the Lord. Well, the, the, the problem is you can't make God any bigger, but you can make him bigger in you. You can become more aware that he is big. That's why it says make him bigger, magnify him, put a magnifying glass. Usually he kind of shrinks up because we lose the mission. Like, what am I supposed to do? You just, you have God in you. When you show up wherever you're at, you have God and you have favor. So stay on mission. Say, stay on mission. I love you young people, parents, all parents, but especially young parents, bring your kids to church. I love it. You get it. You understand that I can get the mission in them at a young age and they can start impacting their kids at a young age. I love it. It's true. It's true. Uh, I think of Anna Lynn when she was young. She was probably like six or seven years old and she was going to a little country school and she saw a girl that she, she really wanted to be friends with and, 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 but she knew that she didn't know Jesus and she was trying to figure out how to bring Jesus to her and so she would tell her about church you got to come to my youth group or whatever. Got her to come. She gave her heart to Jesus, became Ireland's good friend, but it didn't end there. Her mom gave her heart to the Lord. Her dad gave her heart to the Lord. Her dad's brother, her mom's sister. I mean, it was on and on. One little girl who stayed on mission and a whole family and beyond was saved. Woo! When you let your kids back and rest kids, oh my goodness, God is preparing them for the mission. I love it. Congratulations, parents, for doing that, I'm telling you. Wherever you're at, if you're not even, if you're, you don't go here, but listen, you're, you do that, wherever you're at, I, I promise you, you are raising up the next generation, mission-minded. And you know you're on mission. Listen, when the shipwrecks of life don't shipwreck your faith, when the pressures of the moment don't crush your precious trust in God, and Paul was determined to stay on mission. Stay on mission. And the cool thing is we get to bring that mission into every part of our lives. I love it. Even on social media. <laughs> let's, not, let's not bring a mixed message to social media. Use whatever you can to share the gospel. Now, sometimes, you, many times you do it like stealthily. Like, you, you can talk about what you do, but you know what? Eventually, come on, bring them Jesus. Bring them, what a great avenue to spread the gospel. One, powerful. You guys are with me? The mission goes everywhere. Stay on mission. Paul believed in the mission of God, and Paul believed in the sovereignty of God as we wind this up. Say the sovereignty of God. Have you ever heard that word before? I mean, we don't use it very much, but it's an important word. I want to just go there for a moment. This story speaks of God's sovereignty, a big church word, 
Meaning ultimately, God's in control. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with God being in control ultimately? We have to be okay. Paul was okay with that. As you can see clearly, Paul was okay with saying, God, you're in control. I'm not in control. He lived this story, Paul did, because he was supposed to make one stop in Rome to defend himself in front of Caesar, but it didn't happen that way because a mighty wind caused the ship to get off course and mess up that plan. Have you ever experienced that? You were on your way to a certain destination. You had a certain plan. You were on your way when something happened that changed the original plan. Maybe you didn't know what was coming and maybe you did. But now you're thinking, you know what? That plan is all messed up. It's unfixable. Well, I'm here to encourage you today that it is not. God sees a bigger plan. God has a bigger plan. God has a sovereign plan to get you to the destination at a better time with better results. See, you think things are falling apart, but God says they're falling into place. Come on, man, come on. You see things are falling apart, but God says, no, 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 they're falling into place. Don't, don't, don't lose your faith. Don't shipwreck your faith. I'm working things out behind the scenes, things you can't see right now. I'm reminded of this often, especially as I get older. You know, I, I, let, let, me, let me, you young parents, I said this in staffing, I said, I thought, well, any parent, you, the older parents are going to agree with me, but you know what? I thought that as our kids got older, I wouldn't have to pray as much. <laughs> I was dumb. Like, I'm, that was a dumb statement I was thinking. My kids are older, I'm praying more. I'm like, Why? wait a minute, what's going on here? That's not a bad thing because, like I said Tuesday, it keeps me dependent on God. It keeps me close to God. But I'm realizing as I get older, God will work everything out for our good and his glory. Even when it doesn't look like it could possibly work out, he is working it out. My natural eyes might be fading a bit, but my spiritual vision of this truth is getting clear. A few weeks ago, we were on our way to a certain destination, and I want to get there on time. But truck after truck after truck. You know, trucks don't move like cars do. You know, they take some time to rev up and move. And I, I got behind a garbage truck. I got behind a big old semi truck. I got behind a, um, a log truck. Just stuck. And it was, it was going so slow. And I was getting frustrated because I needed to get to that on my time. And uh, so the last truck, this is just our last truck, is I'm, I'm, I'm driving in another semi truck, a flatbed semi truck, pulls over, but pulls over into the lane, the only lane that we could go by. So he pulls off, just stops in the middle of the road next to a gas station, gets out of his truck because I think he wanted to get a candy bar. And I went like this, Pastor Dan, I went, hello. You know what he did? He went, hello. <laughs> That's what he did. I went, hello. And he went, hello. <laughs> we did this back and forth. And you know what I said? I said, this is good for me. This is really good for me. Because guess what, man? God has a sovereign plan. And of course, cute little Emily says, you know what? You know what's probably happening? There's probably danger up ahead and God's sparing us from something. You know, I'm like, 
<laughs> but I'm about to lose my mind. God was teaching me the sovereignty of God. And Paul believed in, in, in the sovereignty of God in this way, that man's mistakes, please hear this, man's mistakes do not hinder the ultimate will of God. God will work everything out for your good and his glory. I bet you Paul was wondering that for the moment when the captain said, uh, we're not going to listen to you. Hey, guys, shipwrecks up ahead. You're going to lose everything. Ah, and Paul's thinking, this is it. My mission's over. I'm done. No, he said, no, no, no. You know what he said? I got work to do. I got a calling on my life. I got a calling on my life. I know God's, I know God's got a future to, to help people. I got I to write more books. That's what he was thinking. That's why, you know, I was on a plane a couple years ago, and we hit, we hit some turbulence, but it, it, was, it was more like, it was tribulent, it was like horrible. It was like, a, it was a really, really rough moment where the plane just kind of went, shook so hard that laptops and drinks and everything just went flying. You could see them flying in midair. And then boom, and everything came crashing down. And while that was happening, you heard the loudest screams from Man and woman, you've ever heard in your life. Just shrieks, scary moment. I didn't scream, but, but, I, but, but I was like, yeah, it was, that was a shock. Came down, and I just said to myself, I'm not going down like this. I got work to do. I'm going to be arrogant. I'm not, God, God spoke to my future already. I'm not, going, I'm not going down in a plane. That's what I said. That's why I say if, if, if I'm flying, because I know God has a mission for me. I know that God has a plan for me. Um, I think everybody on that plane is safe. I'm confident. Now, I'm not arrogant. I'm not, I'm not saying, listen, when it's my time to go, it's my time to go. No snake's gonna take me out. No, no liar of a snake. I'm not gonna, I'm, at least I'll do my best not to let that snake take me out. I'm gonna shake him off. So maybe you're wondering, well, did God send the wind? Did God originally want the ship to go down? No. That's why he warned them, right? <laughs> Come on. He wanted to spare them the trouble. But even though they didn't listen and man made a mistake, God worked it out. Aren't you happy <laughs> that God gave us that verse? all things out for our good and his glory. Emily's testimony is that same thing. The man tried to harm her, even take her life. And God turned it for her good and his glory, reaching thousands and thousands of people all around the world with the message of love, the power of God and forgiveness. Come on. The sovereignty of God. God. God didn't want that to happen, right? But what he did is he turned it. It always frustrates the enemy when God does that. Always. Joseph said this when they try to, his family tried to take him down. Genesis 50, 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done the saving of many souls. See, when you go through a rough spot, when your ship starts to go down, we don't realize that there's a future now. There's a future 
Many of lives saved being shed. There's a future. And the moment, you're more like, man, this is, this, how can this work out? Listen, God's gonna work it out. Proverbs 19, 21, we're almost done. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. For those of you concerned about maybe your kids or your family, keep praying, keep praying, keep trusting God, Just keep, keep, stay on mission, believe in the sovereignty of God, right? And I promise you, you may not see the picture you thought you would see, but I promise you, you're gonna see a picture that's better, Bet, come on, better, better. Because the devil's like, oh yeah, we got this ship, it's down. Paul's not gonna do anything. They won't listen to him anyways. And all of a sudden they land on the island of Malta. Everyone gets healed. Everyone gets healed. Everyone experiences the gospel. Here we go, lastly. Paul could shake it off because he believed in the sovereignty of God. And lastly, this is the other foundational truth. Paul believed in the love of God. This is where we're gonna end. There's one thing that every Christian, every person should know, every person should know and fully experience. It's the love of God. Paul knew this. The most important part of his life. Because when you read Paul's life, he just didn't experience a shipwreck and a snake bite. That dude went through a lot. Look at this, in his own words, 2 Corinthians 11. I'll read what happened to him. 2 Corinthians 11, 25 to 28, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I've traveled on many long journeys. I faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I faced dangers from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty. Have gone, often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then besides all this, I have daily, the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. You don't hear Paul saying, why God? Why did this happen? Why are you doing this to me? I've said that, maybe, but, but I don't hear Paul saying that. Paul's saying, well, I believe in the sovereignty of God, but I believe in the love of God. It's his love that kept me going. I believe that, see, Paul could have, could, have, uh, could have become bitter, but this was his lifeline. He went from living by the love of the law, hear this, to living by the lo law of love. Did you hear the difference? Living by the love of the law. You know, all of us are born with loving the law. Don't do this, don't do that. You do this just right, you'll be rewarded. If you do that way, you, you'll have consequences. And yet that may be true, but, but that's not how God works anymore. God is now, I want you to learn how to live by the law of love. So glad that God hasn't given me what I deserve. <laughs> oh my goodness, right? But he believed in, in the love of God. Usually the missing piece in most lives. Because many times when difficult things happen, and if you're like me, we could start to believe, I guess God doesn't love me. I guess God doesn't love me. I must have done something wrong. 
I guess God just doesn't care about me. It's a lie. Don't listen to that. Just because you're going through something tough doesn't mean it came from God. It might be a mighty win. It may be the, 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 just because it's a broken world, but I'll tell you something. God will work it out for your good and his glory because he loves you so much. Paul is determined to grab that love and keep it. If he were here today, Paul would say, I tried that performance thing. Tried to earn God's approval by dutifully working for him. I tried that perfection thing, trying to look good on the outside while feeling lost and unloved on the inside. He would say, I plead with you today to throw that out like trash and receive and experience the love of God. And he would remind us of this verse as we finish in Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. You've heard it before, but let's, let's just read this together on the count of three. One, two, three. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. You know, the Bee Gees didn't write that song first. God did. How deep is your love? How was Paul able to shake off the snake? Simply, he believed in the love of God. His love will be the power to shake off everything the enemy ever tries to harm you with. His love is the ultimate answer always. So let me finish this right here and we'll, we'll, we'll pray. Um, so Labor Day, we were just in town, we were walking around, just talking, praying, and it was a beautiful day, like 76 degrees or something. Um, and uh, if that's, that's my perfect weather, you know, I like that, but uh, it's comfortable. And um, so, and we're driving by the campground. I'm, I'm seeing all these families just having so much fun. They're, they're together, they're, at, they're, they're, they're eating, they're fishing, they're getting on a boat. They're just, you could tell, generally everyone's happy. Got the time off work, right? And I thought to myself, I wonder how many people are thinking, what do I do? I'm thanking God right now. I'm not to judge us, I just, I'm just curious, like, Wow, man, the whole thing came off right there. What did I do? That must, <laughs> I, just, I just noticed it. Oh my goodness. Um, I said, I wonder how many people are thinking about God and thanking him right now. Hopefully a ton of them, but I didn't know. And so I thought, okay, God gave all of these people the ability to work, make money, buy a, tra buy a, a, a trailer or, or buy an RV or buy a boat, fishing equipment, um, food, to sit down as a family and love each other and have this time together, creating memories that they'll have for a lifetime. God gave them that. And I thought, what does God want in return? What does he want in return from them? All of us. And obviously the Lord spoke to my heart. He says, he only wants one thing in return. 
And that's for all of us to receive another gift. To, he just wants to give. Un, he doesn't say, oh, okay, if you go to church for the next seven weeks in a row, if you read your Bible, if you make sure you do good, then we'll talk. No, no, no. He says, I'm going to give you all this. I give you the world, everything in it. I'll give you the, the ability to make money, to, to, to have, enjoy your family. And what, it, what does he require? Pray a prayer to ask Jesus into your heart. That's it. Another gift, an eternal gift. Are you kidding me, God? What kind of a God are you? I'm supposed to do something to earn your favor. I'm supposed to do something for you to love me. It's a lie. He doesn't know. I just want to give you something else. I want to give you my son. Would you bow your heads for a moment and watching online, if you've never received, like maybe you're trying to earn God's favor and love, please stop. Please stop. You can't. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He'll always love you. He'll love you always. Come on. But if you've never received that gift of Jesus, oh man, I would be honored to pray with you. It's a simple prayer. If you're here today, would you just put your hand over your heart online? Put your hand over your heart. I just want to pray this prayer just to get this whole message series started. Uh, would you just pray? Pray this with me as a family. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the precious name of Jesus. And I say, Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I turn to you and I want to live for you the rest of my days for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.